This is KMTT, and this is Ezra Bick, and today is Monday, we have another episode in the series on the structure of Tefillah, and we've, last week we said Kaddish, we said Bochu, we've now reached the section called Birkot Kriyachma. There are three Birkot, two before Kriyachma and one after Kriyachma, which are called Birkot Kriyachma, and it's because the Mishnah in Brachot says that when you say Kriyashma, there were two Brachot before it and one Bracha after it. In other words, the Brachot are clearly related to Kriyashma. It's set together with Kriyashma. Other places in the Gemara we talk about Kriyashma u Birkoteha. We're going to discuss the Brachot individually. But since the Brachot relate to Kriyashma, so just a few words about that relationship. Kriyashma is a According to most poskim, according to the most ayot in the Gemara, Kriyat is a mitzvah midioraita, to be said twice a day, b'shoch v'cha u'v'kumecha, when you arise and when you uh, repose, when you go to sleep. There is a connection between Kriyat and Tefillah, which we will discuss when we get to the end of Bikot Kriyat and that connection is called Smichut Geula L'Tefillah. One is supposed to, required might be too strong a word, there is an there's a relationship between connecting Geula, which is the Bracha after Kriyachma, and perhaps refers to Kriyachma together with Geula, and Tefillah. Smichut Geula Litfila. So there is a connection between Kriyachma and Tefillah, but the basic obligation to say Kriyachma is in fact independent. It's uh, according to most posts, Tefillah is the Rabbanan, and Kriyachma is the Oraita. And so there couldn't be a connection. There's a, there's a, a requirement to say Kriyachma every day twice a day. And Kriyat Shema has brachot around it. So when we get to the, the integration of this, this, this unit called Kriyat Shema U'Berchotah within the greater unit called Tefillah, specifically Shema Nasei, we'll talk about what the connection is. But right now we're going to talk about Kriyat Shema as an independent Chovah, and without going into what Kriyat Shema itself is, which is a huge topic that perhaps is, uh, deserves an independent uh, discussion, Kriyat Shema we all know what it basically means. The way Chazal define it as being Kabbalat Oma Chut Acceptance of the yoke of heaven, an obligation of a Jew every day to basically define his relationship to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. This Kriyat Shema has Bechot connected to it. There's a Machloket Rishonim, what the nature of that connection is, whether it's, it's, it's a very close connection, which would imply that you cannot uh, interrupt Asula Hasik between the Bachot and Shema, or is it a more structural connection? In any event, there has to be some connection. So, just as we say in Hebrew, on standing on one foot, what are the three Bachot? First Bacha is called Bukat Yotzer, it's about the creation of the world. Second Bacha is Avaraba, it's about the Torah. That was given to Am Yisrael. And the third bracha, the one after Kriyat Shema, is Geula, which is about the redemption of Israel. What's the connection between that and Kriyat Shema? So I think it's fair to say that Chazal here identified three themes or three meanings, three underlying aspects of Kabbalat Ol Malchut Shemaim. Kriyat Shema is the allegiance of the Jewish people to the King, to God. There are three aspects to the relationship of man to God. Creation, 
God of the whole world. Torah is God of the Jews. The religious relationship between God and the Jewish people is expressed in Torah. Bechirat Yisrael, Bechatanu, and Torah. And the third aspect is Geula, which is not the religious relationship of God to Israel, but the, quote, the political relationship. God is the king, the king redeemer of Israel in uh, the exodus from Egypt and therefore in the future as well. Okay, so that's the connection. Now we're going to talk about the Bechah for today. Our topic is Bechat Yotzer HaMa'orot. The first Bechah is called Yotzer. It's Bechat Yotzer. Yotzer means creation. And the Bechah, in fact, does talk about creation. But anyone who looks at the Bechah will immediately notice that what the Bechah is specifically about is the creation of light. It begins, Yotzer O, Uvorei Choshech, creation, he who created light. And, uh, more impressively, it ends the Chatima, which is always the the synopsis of the entire Bacha, Yotzer HaMeorot, he who created the luminaries, meaning the sun and the moon and the stars. So, although the Bacha is, is clearly about everything as well, and although the meaning of the Bacha is you get up in the morning, you see the world, so you, you thank God for creating the world. Chazal chose to, in the explicit formulation of the Bacha, to speak about light. Not even about sun and moon, but about the light of the sun and the moon. Yotze O, and then Vorei Choshech. The lack of light is, is darkness. The opening line of the Bechah is Yotzer Or Vorei Choshech Oseh Shalom Uvorei Et Hakol. As all the Mephashim point out, this is actually a Pasuk in Yeshayahu, Perek Memhe, Pasuk Zayin, but the language is different there. There it says Yotzer Or Vorei Choshech Oseh Shalom Uvorei Ra. God has fashioned light and created darkness. He has made peace and created evil. The Gemara says that in the Tefillah we fortified, we modified the language from made evil to made everything. It doesn't mean that Chazal was censoring Yeshayahu. They, I think, assume that all of us know Tanakh by heart. We would immediately recognize the source of the Pasuk. But when you pray, so you don't have to explicitly say that God has made evil, which raises the question of theodicy and what's God's relationship to evil and why God's responsible for evil and the never-ending and, and difficult-to-understand question of, of tzaddik varala, of evil in the world. But the Jewish answer to the question is not to ignore it. Yes, God has created evil, and we have to try to understand why. So that, that doesn't have a place in tefillah. In tefillah, you should you know, concentrate on the good parts. And therefore, Lashon Yafeh, they didn't erase it. They said, God made everything. Meaning this complicated world, which of course includes a lot of things which aren't so simple to understand. So the original context is Yotzer Or Vorei Choshech Oseh Shalom Uvorei Et Hara. Which I think makes clear what perhaps would have been clear anyways if you read the first line. That what the Vacha is about is first of all contrasts. Not that God made a lot of things. But that He made light and darkness. And He made good and evil. 
in the language of the Pasuk, peace and evil. And secondly, the contrasts are moral contrasts. Which of course has to be. If you would if you weren't making a contrast, you were just talking about things, then horses and donkeys don't contrast at all. But when we talk about contrasts, then yes. Like in Havdalah. Havdalah is about Ovachoshach. Light in light and darkness. So it's about that God has made the world with two aspects with very, very different moral qualities. We can call it light and dark. Not that we have anything terribly against dark, but dark symbolizes something. The darkness does in fact symbolize evil and lack, lack of guidance, lack of God's presence, an apparent lack of God's presence. And similarly, shalom, which I think here is an important word. It doesn't mean necessarily only good, but it means that all the different things in the world work together. And ra, which means that there are things in the world which don't work together, which appear to be antithetical to our lives, to our spiritual lives, and to God's purpose in the world. So, although the Bacha is about that God has made the world, and therefore He is the God of the whole world, and to Him we will pray, and to Him we will express allegiance in Shema, the language of the Bacha is, this world consists of two different kinds of existences. Those which are light, in other words, God's visible presence in the world, God's grace, and those which are dark, which appear to be outside of God's orbit, which appear to be against God. But He has made those as well. Don't think that it's another world. Many Mephashim have pointed out that in the ancient world, in the time of Chazal, the philosophy, the Eastern philosophy, dominant in Persia, was Zoroastrianism, which divided the world into two and divided the gods into two, the god of good and the god of evil. It's called Shteri Shuyot. Chazal were very sensitive to Shteri Shuyot, much more even than normal polytheism, which was, after all, a dying and trivial philosophy. But dualism is a powerful philosophy because it explains the world in a manner which, in fact, has religious value by taking evil out of the uh, domain of the God that we worship. And therefore, Chazal emphasized, not true. And in fact, they even said that although in the morning you should make a bracha on the light, and at night you should make a bracha on darkness, they said, no, no, no. Midat hayom, balaylu midat bayom. We say, oh, first, and choshech second, but we're emphasizing that God has made them both, and one God has made them both. The Gemara in Bachot makes this point clear in terms of our bracha. So God has made everything, but the thing that we have to relate to here is that God has made the world in what appears to be a dualistic manner and we are ascribing to him everything including those points especially those points those aspects which appear to be exactly the opposite the Bacha continues God renews every day continually the creation, the acts of creation. God created the world a long time ago. Every day God's creating the world. The Rabbi Yudha the the great commentator, Rishonic commentator on the Tefillah, says, what does the word the Tamid mean? 
God creates the world every second. There is a philosophy. And Sajigon and Kreskas that in fact argues that God recreates the world every single second. There is no continuity in nature. But that's not the dominant understanding of this. Uh, it's a very special kind of philosophy which is perhaps debatable. Ravila Biyaka explains that Tamin means regularly. And God renews creation regularly meaning day and night. The sun rises and the sun sets. There's darkness and then there's light. It's, it's referring to the regularity of change within nature. The world isn't one thing, it's dynamic. It's going from one extreme to the other extreme, from light to darkness, darkness to light. And that's umechadesh betuval. We see in that a renewal of the act of creation. As he quotes the famous Pasuk, Chadashim la Bekarim Rabbi Munatecha, which Chazal the Psikta, uh, uh, the Medrash, Medrash Rabbah, says, Chadashim li Bekarim Rabbi Munatecha, Al Shatam Mechadesh Otanu, Bechol Boker, Rabbi Emunatecha. The fact that Chadashim la Bekarim, the fact that every morning the world is new, or as Medrash says, that we are new every morning. We mentioned this when we talked about Berkot Hashacha. Waking up in the morning is like being recreated. So therefore, Rabbi Emunatecha, that is the demonstration of your faith, of our ability to believe in you. Because you didn't create the world once, but you are constantly, regularly, in this case once a day, or in terms of the Bracha, perhaps twice a day, according to Abidu Rabbi you regularly renew your giving, your creation within the world. This is the explanation of the may, over the past, be a major theme of this Bracha. Although the Bracha is about light and Ma'avot, Long sections in the middle of this rather long bracha talk about angels. Very, very shortly, the bracha begins to talk about how God has created the angels, Mishartav, and they stand in front of him. And in fact, they even say Kedusha, which is in the middle of the bracha, there's a Kedusha, Kadosh, Kadosh, and Baruch. And the explanation is, this Mufashim say on the spot, because the Midrash in Parshat Vayishlach says that the angels are in fact created every single day. An angel exists for only one purpose. And when he says his purpose, which is to say shira, to praise God, he then is destroyed. He goes back to a nahar called Nahar Dinoli, river of fire. And the angels are new every single day. So we have continual lives, but in this, this upper world, which reflects non-physical existence, in fact, there really is total renewal all the time, every single day. So we see, uh, you need to explain what I think the angels are doing here, but the fact that the Bechel leads the angels shows us how important this point is. We're not saying, gee, God created the world once, and I should know that. We're saying God is the creator of this world, and His hand, His power, His creative ability, His relationship to the world is continuous. The existence of the world doesn't testify historically to the fact that God created once, the existence of the world reflects now and in this second who God is and what He is in relationship to us. In other words, as the Bacha continues, Ma Rabu Masecha Hashem we, expre- we express how great are all your actions, God, which very likely, I think, refers to everything in the world, not just to light and darkness. But what we're really saying is, 
Yes, the entire world is a reflection of God's glory. As the Pasuk says, we mentioned this in Pasuk Ketis Zimra, Shamayim Misaprim Kvodel, Aretz, the heavens and the earth as well, they express, they, they, they're speaking. If you had the ears, you could hear it. If you had the eyes, you could see it. How the world expresses the glory of God. So what do I think this means? Now I'll tell you what I think this means. What this Bach is about, it, it's going to tell us that God created the world, 100%. It's coming to remind us of it, so that we can then express our loyalty to God and our allegiance in Shema, and then later on we'll be able to pray to Him. But what the Bach is trying to do is to get us to join in being living testimonies to God's existence, kingship, chesed, providence, and kindness over the world. God created the world according to a major theme in Jewish philosophy so that the world should testify to his, to his qualities, to his goodness, to his givingness, to his kingship. So that he shouldn't be king only in abstract, but be king over something. And I think that's the idea, the rather strange idea, of the Malachim appearing in this bracha. And to most of us who we don't have an active relationship with angels, so having a whole bracha or half a bracha that talks about angels might, might seem a little bit strange. What, what, what's their purpose here? Why, why, why do we need to talk about them? But I think the Chazal's mind, what it means is the follows. Chazal understood the angels as existing only, not just in terms of God's plan. This is what they do. The angels sing the glory of God. There are angels with other tasks, the famous ones, Michael, Gavriel, but, but Stam angels, Ofanim, Bechayot HaKodesh. This is what they do, as the Bechah says. Heim Kablim Rushud Zeh Mizeh, Nondim Rushud Zeh Lazeh, Umak Dishem, and they say Ketusha. If we could see the angels, if we could hear the angels, we would see how existence, angels are created beings, how the creation sings the glory of God. Human beings have other things in their lives. If you look at a human being, you don't see with regular eyes, you don't hear with normal ears that it, he exists in order to. This is what he does. He sings the glory of God. But that, that's what should be. We, 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 we should realize that that's what our existence does. Maybe not in the direct and merely verbal manner that the angels do, as we describe it. It's not just that you should say, Kedusha, when you have a chance soon, and will have a chance soon. There are other things you do, but your whole life should be all of existence should be testimony to the greatness of God. So the Bechaz says as follows, God has made light and made darkness. The world has a moral quality and the light expresses one relationship to God and the darkness a more complicated one. We're not so much interested, at least not at first glance, in the fact that God has made ants and, 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 and rabbits and trees. But that the ants and the rabbits and the trees are light and darkness, good and bad. That's how they testify to God's existence. And now, take a look at the fact that they're the angels. That's what they really do. They, they hop the point. They understand what's going on. And they sing the glory of God. And they say Kedusha. As the Poskim point out, this Kedusha is not a real Kedusha. Otherwise, we couldn't say it. We couldn't say it without a minion. We're, we're quoting what the angels do. Real Kedusha is when we say Kedusha. Real sanctification is when our lives become the focus for God's presence in the world. So this Bacha says, fact, the world exists, it was created by God to reflect His glory. Look now and see, because of our description, how the heavens, the sacral realm of angels and, and cherubs, they 
explicitly sing the glory of God. They only exist to say, Kadosh, 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 Hashem Tzvakot, Melochol Ha'aretz Kivodo. The world is filled. Melochol Ha'aretz Kivodo. The world is filled with the glory of God. That's what, that, that's what they are. They're loudspeakers for that sentence. And the Bracha hints, all of God's armies, all of God's hosts, Hashem, which is the angels in the explicit sense, but it's also you. Don't you join that? The Gemara in Chagiga says that in fact the angels only say Kedusha after we say Kedusha. Because the real Kedusha is ours and not theirs. So after you hear the Malachim saying Kedusha, after we quote you what they do, this is supposed to, I think, teach us or incite us or inspire us to do the same. Which I think means not only to say these words, but that the entire creation, the, the entire world, to the extent that we can carry it on our backs, the entire world should be an expression of God's glory and greatness. Now I think the Bacha makes sense. Otherwise Bacha is very long. It talks about interesting things about Malachim doing this and, and, and they speak nicely and they sing songs and God is great. He's Ish Milchamot, he's Oset Stakot, and he makes light. So, if the poem is only that we should be thankful for the fact that he makes light, what are the Malachim doing here? I don't think it's that we should be thankful that God makes light. We should realize that the light is the light of God, and that light should be reflected off us. We also have to realize that the darkness is the darkness of God, and that's much more difficult. And perhaps we should do that we will be engaged in the activity more at the night when it happens. But everything is a reflection of God. So we concentrate on the light, Yotzer HaMa'orot, the light, so to speak, reflects God's presence in the world. And we don't thank Him for it only, but we sing His glory for it. We make sure that that light is reflected off our existences. So let's look at what the Malachim do, because that's the explicit form of it. Wow. The Malachim, Not Nimrashut Zerazer, that's what they do. We're going to join them. Or they're going to join us. We're going to have the same, the same role. Tzadikim, B'nai Yisrael, Am Yisrael. When we say Shema, when we dive, and when we live our lives, are going to be reflection of Yotzer Or Uvorei Choshech. In the Nusach HaTfila, in Nusach Ashkenaz, most forms of Nusach Ashkenaz, there's an extra line added right before the end of the bracha. What does that mean? We're talking about that God made the sun. What's this al-chadash? Mephoshim explained this is talking about the all of the first day. The sun was made on the fourth day. But the all of the first day, the light created on day number one of creation, was put aside. That's what the Medrash says. It was placed aside for the tzaddikim latid lavo. The world doesn't actually bask in that light. It's too good, too fine, too refined. Oh, Chadash Ta'ir is God should bring back that light as will take place in the future, times of the Mashiach, and it should shine soon. So some Nuschot object to that to that line. It wasn't found in all the Nuschot HaGonim, and it's debatable because it's not what the Baruch is about. The Baruch is not a prayer about Geula, about the future. It's about, it's about the light now. It's about the sun and the moon, the, the world we live in. It's found in our Sidurim. 
Of course, it is part of my Sebeshit. It's not a future light. It's an ancient light that we don't see now. We'll come back in the future. So it is part of creation. But still, it's not, an, it's not, a, it's not a part of creation that we actually enjoy. But I think if we understand that the Pachai is not about thanking God for what He gives us, in which case the Ochadash, He does not give us yet, but will in the future. But it's about how the world is the light of God. Then this Or Yashan Chadash, this old ancient light, which needs to be renewed, which is Ganuz, the language of Chazal. It's, it's hidden. The light is in a box, hidden. It's the true light of the world. It's the thing that was created on day one. The first thing that God did when He wanted to make this world was He said, Yehi O. So, when I say, I wish to be a reflection of God's glory, I accept upon myself to be like the Malachim, to be he who, Baruch, I say, blessed are you God, who, who is the source of all light, then, then yes, I include this light, and of course I also pray for its renewal, because that's the greater glory of God. The light of the first day is the true light of God. The light of the sun is, is a secondary source. And I wish to say, you are the source of all light. I mean the all of Yom HaRishon which will be renewed and then and we will all merit to, to bask in its light as well and reflect its light as well and that's how this line becomes part of, of this of this tefillah this idea which is a basic idea in Judaism that this world reflects God's light, God's glory, God's greatness, God's kingship in a manner that's different than would be true if the world didn't exist. Now you can argue, isn't God without the world a greater king? And the answer is yes, but no. And it's a complicated topic which we're not going to solve in the next five minutes. But, but Chazal are full of this appreciation how the lesser world, this, 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 this imperfect world of man has a role in God's kingdom which would not be true if the world didn't exist. So what this Pacha is mentioning specifically is the idea of continual recreation, of regularity. When there's no world, then God God is light, God is greatness, God is king, but it's constant. The, the problem and the greatness of God's kingship in this world is that it's dynamic, is that it, well, I'm going to say a word now which is perhaps problematic theologically, that it waxes and wanes, that there is light, a clear presence of God, and there is darkness, where God's presence is hidden and felt only in the softness of the dusk. That kind of reflection is a this world reflection. In, in the pure world, pre-creation, after creation, in the heavens themselves, everything is merely, is merely yes. Our world, and this is its glory, is, is in its regularity of change. You have to say Kriyat Shema. You can't say it just once and say it's true. Wow, the sun has set. Say Kriyat Shema again. The sun has risen. Say Kriyat Shema again. The sun comes out. The light of God. The sun sets the darkness that comes from God, 
uvorei atakol, yotzer o uvorei uvorei choshech. The change, change is something which theologically to the Aristotelians and their and their students in Jewish philosophy was always problematic. God doesn't change. Where does change come from? But change reflects our change, our lives, our imperfect lives, which is life of change and, and growing and falling down and things going up and things going down. But all that, if you look at it individually, it could be a negative thing. But if you look at it in the total, the life of change is the reflection of God's creative powers. The night is also part of it and the day is also part of it. And you have to mix them together. Midat hayom midat bayom. Don't talk about only one thing. Just one thing. What is a rabbit? What does the light even reflect God? It's the totality. The mixed, complicated, changing, going up, going down, totality of life, which is the special quality in which God's kingship in this world is reflected. And that's the connection between this and Kriyat Shema. That's the basis for Kriyat Shema. You have to get up a, a lot, twice a day, to do something all the time. You don't do it all the time. You don't do it once and hanging on the wall, but you do it again, and again, and again, and again, morning and evening, because this world consists of, not something that exists, but of something which has, morning and evening, Yom Balayla, Kaitz Bechoref, day and night, light and darkness, winter and summer, the world is constantly turning, constantly changing, and we have to react, to the new situation, all the time, Chadashim la Bekarim, Rabba Emunatecha, you didn't create us. But you recreate us. Our lives are new every second. That's where we find the special Rabbah Emunatecha, the, the excess, the Rabbah, the excess of Emunah is found not that I believe in God, but that I add to my belief, not by believing more, but by believing anew. Because I am new, the world is new, the light is new, the darkness is also new. And that's what this bracha is calling on us to do, to be like those malachim who are really new every day. The malachim this morning is seeing light for the first time. You, Jew, see light for the first time even though you are not totally, totally new. Baruch Ata Hashem Yotzer HaMeorot God creates not light, but luminaries. Things which produce light more light and more light and more light and more light and every beam of light that strikes me is like for me should be for me a new a new experience I'll just conclude with a a, uh, a little episode written down by Rav Shimon Schwab who was the Rav of Boyers before he was a dying of Boyers and he said how one time when they first the first time he was on a jet plane so when he used to fly a regular plane he would fly to England sometimes so the planes went low, they were beneath the clouds, and he used to look at the oceans and see the icebergs, and it was very impressive to him, and he thanked God and praised God for the wonderful world. And the first time he was on a jet plane, so he looked at the window when he was diving, he went to diving by the window, and he came to the words, Hashem. and he looked at the window, and he realized he was above the clouds, and he was amazed at the greatness, all of a sudden he could perceive the world as, you know, he can, he can, we can imagine it, we, we've also done this. All of a sudden you see the world in a totally different light. And he said, Hashem. And he felt it was the first time he ever said it so with so much soul and so much feeling. When he came back to New York, he went to see Rav Boya, who was still, uh, was still alive. And he told him about that. And Boya said, well, yeah. He understands his feeling. He has the same feeling every time he looks at a daisy. This, this little teeny flower that grows from these 
thin little teeny roots in the ground. And then Mavshrab said, yes, he remembered when he learned in the mirror that Yerucham was the Mashkiach, and Yerucham said that we make a bracha, when you see something mighty and imperious and, and, and monstrous, thunder, lightning, God's power crashing through the sky, you make a bracha, whose power and might fill the world. And Rav Yucham said, You're supposed to be, you should make this bracha when you see a glass full of water. That was his example. Because God's power and might keeps that water in the glass. It makes the water exist. But human psychology, you have to be over-impressed to make a bracha. But in reality, is every single is every single thing. That, I think, is what this bracha is about. Yotzer ha-ma'orot, there is light. And frankly, at night we can make a bracha in darkness. There is darkness. The steady, the steady state of existence is not steady state. It's God's maseberishit. It's creation. It's the greatest act of God's, of God, of God. The greatest activity of God was creating the world. Yesh You see that every second of your day, and you're supposed to reflect and respond, and be the the shira, the kedusha, the baruch the bracha of God in reflection of that of that glory. We'll be back next week with the next bracha, Bakata Varaba, Bakata, I already gave you the hint what it's about, Bakata Torah. And until then, wishing you call tov from KMTT, this has been Ezubik. Call tov, Ulehishtamea. We'll be back next week on KMTT, Kimitzion, Tetzay Torah, Udvar Hashem, Yerushalayim.